Nothing breaks a parent's heart like a child who's gone astray. When parents first find out they are expecting a child, many incredibly mixed emotions run through your mind and body. There's maybe joy, a mixture of fear and awe, nerves, a whole cocktail of emotions which the parents often can't identify or even name. But universally, parents spend the eighth months of preparation for this new life wondering what kind of person they will turn out to be. Will they be like me or like their dad? Will they have my nose or his chin? My compassion? His stubbornness? When our first child was preparing to come into the world, we prayed for her. We prayed over her. We prayed she would be healthy, but we also prayed for her to have a combination of our best qualities and absolutely none of our bad ones. But it turns out she's a human person like the rest of us, and she inherited, despite our prayers, some of her dad's bad qualities. Parents start with all these hopes for their child, and nothing breaks a heart of a parent like when those hopes are dashed. Even in the best of circumstances, children inevitably grow up and become who God made them to be, which is not the same as who you, the parent, hoped they would be. And this is in the best of circumstances. The environment in which our children grow is not so protected as it was when they were in the womb, during the time when all those hopes and dreams were formed. Sometimes these children grow to be very far away from the person we hoped and prayed they would be. And this growing and shaping and changing and moving away, even in the best of circumstances, breaks the parent's heart. God created humans, God's children, with hopes and dreams. All the world was created, and God called it good. The last of creation, people, were set into the garden and given charge over its plants and animals and trees and shrubs. And God went to sleep, dreaming about the perfection, the beauty, the wonderful nose Adam had, which looked just like God. Children grew up, and they broke God's heart. It turns out God's children inherited too many of their father's bad qualities. Their desire for relationship, which often caused conflict because we aren't as good as relationships as God. God's children who are a little broken, a little vulnerable, a little too proud, a little too stubborn, a little too violent, and sometimes, like God, a little too prone to an anger which breaks things, breaks each other. God's children broke God's heart. Nursing this broken heart, God decided to recreate the world. As we too often do, God gave up on his children, allowing the frustration of their unfixable imperfections to lead to God deciding to completely sever, completely break, completely destroy the relationship between God and God's children. God's children didn't live up to the expectations and hope God had for them when their children first were given the garden, when God gave them everything. The children, as children often do, didn't appreciate the gift. They exploited the gift, and so God's hurt, God's broken heart, led to a lashing out in anger. God destroyed the world with a flood. 
This flood was big enough. Every culture throughout the Middle East, Northern Africa, and Southern Europe has a record of this flood. In every story, the gods destroy the world because humanity had become too violent, too angry, too self-consumed for the gods. I bet it felt good to destroy the world, to just smash everything. I bet God felt righteous in this anger. Throwing the glass against the wall, flipping the tables over, breaking the windows. I bet it feels really good to let that anger go and destroy whatever it wills. Except for someone, somewhere, sometime has to clean up all that mess. And it's usually the person who made it. No one, as much as they would like, can just leave broken glass on the floor without injuring themselves. If you break the glass, you have to clean it up. And so God learned a valuable lesson. As hard as God had to work to make the world in the first place, this new creation, this recreation, was a thousand times harder. Plus now there was shame. God was ashamed because God had broken the world. As the glass was swept away and the water was mopped up, God felt shame and a deeper hurt than before. Now the relationship between God and humans was irretrievably broken. It couldn't be fixed, at least not all of the way. God's anger had led to people, to God's children, feeling and experiencing a new emotion. Fear. Before the flood, people may have been indifferent, may have felt apathy. Now, after the flood and during the cleanup effort and the recreation of the world, people felt fear. Fear that God would do this again. At the end of the flood, God makes a promise to God never to do this again. To never lash out in anger like that again. God puts the rainbow in the cloud as a reminder to never do this, no matter how angry, no matter how often God's children fail to live up to God's high expectations. No matter what, the world would not be destroyed again. I bet God can see a rainbow all of the time. I wonder if God sees humans through rainbow-colored glasses as a reminder to God to allow the love to speak first to remember God's love and devotion to the children of God and let that speak instead of the anger and frustration and hurt. God needs the rainbow. It's a memo, it's a post-it note which says, remember how hard this creation thing is? Remember how much it costs you, the reinvestment in the new possibilities? Don't do it again. Take a deep breath. Maybe there's another way for them to learn. The rainbow is not a promise to Noah. Noah is only given an obligation to help God clean up the mess, which Noah fails at spectacularly almost immediately upon exiting the ark. God promised not to destroy the world again. God promised not to give God's children a reason to fear destruction, at least not from God's hand. This Sunday is the 21-year anniversary of the events of 9-11. It's a day of trauma which changed the way our country related to itself and related to the world. Americans felt fear, maybe for the first time. 
I remember the number of people who came out after the event occurred and waved their Bibles at people, declaring this was God's divine punishment because of America's sin. These hate-filled people blamed different things, different sins for God's anger, but all of them, every one of them said God was judging a people filled with sin. Those people obviously didn't read their Bibles. And they obviously didn't see the picture. The picture where God put a rainbow over the towers. As night fell, God saw the rainbow. And so did God's children. And we remember. God doesn't need to send punishment God doesn't need to destroy the world. God doesn't need to create divine violence. We humans are really great at creating violence, all that destruction by ourselves. God didn't need to destroy those towers. We people, God's children, are pretty good at spreading hate and breaking things in spite of God's help often. God made a promise not to destroy the world, not to respond to human sin with anger, not to lash out from disappointment or hurt. Because as it turns out, God's children are kind of screw-ups. And we can break things up by ourselves. Doesn't mean God loves us any less. The God who experienced this deep pain, whose heart was broken by God's children, is the same then and now and always. We often believe, wrongly believe, that change means the old version of something no longer exists and a new thing has completely replaced it. We see people who've lost a lot of weight and we wonder if they're the same person on the inside that they were before. We experience a change in our culture and wonder if society can ever be the same as it was. We see our spouses or partners grow up and change and wonder what happened to the person that we knew before. Nothing happened to them. Life happened to them. Our core, our essence doesn't change. God created us with our noses and our stubbornness and our hair and our inability to hold our thoughts in our heads and our... We learn over time to shape it, to control it. We learn, or we should, how to react to our bad instincts. We learn, or we should, how to lean into our good qualities and to give other people space so their gifts can lift us up. We dye our hair and wear new clothes and lose and gain weight. But the bones on the inside are the same. The hair underneath the dye is the same. Our core doesn't change. Our essence doesn't change. We just learn to express it better over time. Or at least we should. Our approach to life changes, or it should. We learn and we grow and we change. And how we parent our children changes as they grow up. God's approach to God's children changes over time, but God does not change. Not in God's core, not in God's essence. The bones are the same and the heart is the same. God promised not to lash out in anger again. It's a promise set in the clouds because God remembered that to love means not to destroy. 
God's rainbow reminds God of the relationship in the garden where the children walked, holding God's hand, speaking to God of the secrets of their hearts. The rainbow reminds God of the love and hope God experienced when we were children playing in the garden, when God's heart swelled with hope and love. Never-ending, life-giving, world-creating love. God's heart never changes. And when God's children go astray, that love, the never-ending, hope-filled love, breaks God's heart. When we destroy each other and send floods into each other's world, God's heart breaks on our behalf. When we fall down on our bicycles, God's heart breaks a bit, but God picks us up, dusts off our knees, and sets us back on the bike again. When we call each other names and get pushed down in the dirt, God holds us tight and listens to our tears and then sends us off to school again. When we fight, when we break things, when we make choices which lead to our own destruction, God watches with a broken heart and waits for the phone for us to call so we can be heard by the kind of never-ending love which does not let us go. God's heart never changes. God loves the world, and God loves you. Even when you are a screw-up, even when you change, even when you don't live up to the hopes and expectations God had for you, even when you don't love God in return, God's heart never changes.